0: Man, you you guys ever, like, drop one, and then you look, and you're like, man, I just feel accomplished after that.
1: Yeah, it's like, now I know... This
0: is where we're going, okay.
1: Now I know what a formerly pregnant woman feels (laughs) like.
0: Oh, my God. Oh,
2: my God.
0: And then I look in the mirror, and I'm like, oh, now I can see my abs. Yeah! Is that what the people who go to the, like, they, like, take laxatives just so they, like, you know, look extra shredded because all the poo is out?
1: Yeah,
2: I hope.
0: Joking. Joking. I don't know. I, I mean, semi-serious question. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it's like to be a bodybuilder.
2: And then my guy said, "semi-serious oh. question."
1: Oh, well,
0: welcome to uh, Swall Talk from RiffinRock.com where, we, where <laughs> we give you hot tips for getting getting mad ripped. Um, eat a raw steak for breakfast. That's tip number one.
1: Eat a Hawaiian pizza on your birthday. Step number
2: two. That, that low-key would be a dope podcast. Ma-
0: make sure to like and subscribe this 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 thing and uh, subscribe to us and donate to our Patreon.
2: <laughs> salute, salute. Do we have a what is a Patreon?
0: Patreon really give us you, money. Yeah, you basically go please give us money because we have no uh, money generating system. And if you give yeah. us money, we give you little skuluces,
1: like um, nudes or something.
0: <laughs> fuck. So, so, like, there's a couple websites I follow that have them. I have never like contributed to them.
2: <laughs> That's all I got. Shit, you guys say to start out a podcast. You know, fucking fuck
0: to me. We got we got to <laughs> start fresh, hop hopping fresh.
2: It's fucking concert at the rave.
0: Oh man, who's playing? You should get get us get us backstage.
1: (laughs) You funny as hell. Get us on stage.
2: Right. That's definitely one of the best perks of living where I live. Pre gaming at the house is so easy. Tech nine is playing. Oh, it's today Tech Nine. Tech Nine is today. This man like fucking loves Milwaukee. He comes here at least two times a year. Easily. Tomorrow is Mac Miller. That's not even funny.
0: I'm, I'm just wait. Telling. I thought he died. No, it says Mac... It, well, okay. When I googled, it still it still says Mac Miller. So I'm not. It it. I don't know what to tell you guys. Mac Miller is still slated the dead for. One?
2: Yeah, I thought so. Rest in peace, Mac. Mac Miller has definitely passed away.
0: Well, then the day after that is Death Cab for Cutie on December
2: first. Ironic. Didn't we review their podcast? I mean, excuse me, their album not so long ago?
0: I wish we could have reviewed their podcast.
1: <laughs> yes, it was uh, It was like two or three episodes ago.
0: Welcome yeah, to I a like show that. where we review get... podcasts. Inside
2: Trader Joe's, one out of five stars. Dude,
1: that would low-key be a
2: dope podcast. A podcast that reviews other podcasts?
1: God, that'd be so good. How does this It's five stars.
2: That. I wonder if anybody's even doing that.
1: Uh, the AV Club is.
2: Yeah.
1: AV but it Club? Just- yeah, it's just written reviews, not so much a... Oh, written... Oh, okay. Podcast.
0: But this is this is like uber meta. It's a podcast about podcasts. Then on the 7th, there's a band or an artist called San Holo, which really
1: upsets me. Because you took that... Gr- the, you wish you had that name?
0: That's like calling yourself Scook Lie Walker. <laughs> Or or or, or Bobama. Fuck!
1: It's definitely a unique name. So how are we
0: all? How, how we all doing? What's What's you know? Happy post Thanksgiving. Uh, hopefully we're we're getting ready for whatever festivities you enjoy at the end of the year.
1: Big
2: facts. Big facts. Uh, let's see. Shit. Uh, you guys know I'm planning my wedding and shit. Hell
1: uh, yeah! Alex and I would both love to and be honored to be your best man
2: <laughs> i already have two best men <laughs> well why not double well, that yeah, <laughs> is fun.
1: There you go.
0: we'll we'll do we'll do a podcast live from the wedding it'll be great it won't be weird paul simon in the blue light is the manyth album by paul simon For the unaware, Paul Simon is an old man. He used to be in a band called Simon and Garfunkel until Garfunkel went on to do many great things without Paul Simon. He's released some solo albums, and he used to date Carrie Fisher. He now has this album that's called In the Blue Light, featuring a young photo of him. He's not that young. He's old as shit. He's about to die. Ryan, Uh. you're aware of Paul Simon. Tell me your impressions of him.
1: (laughs) So so this album is... (laughs) I was not expecting it to um, have the tone that it did. So in the past, you know, 60 years or whatever, Paul Simon has been releasing great album after great album all the way up until, what, last year with the Tiny Boat album?
0: No, right? he, he released, well, two, year, two years ago he released Stranger to Stranger.
1: That's it. That was a good one. I like that one. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and so this, honestly, was the first disappointing Paul Simon album I've ever heard. Um, it was, well, first off, I don't even know how many songs on here were covers.
0: They were all covers of himself.
1: That's why they all sounded familiar he, and depressing he, for the most part.
0: He did re recordings of all, of a lot of lesser known songs.
1: Yeah. Um, and the. There was one song, I believe it was Love. Sorry, guys, I left all of my notes on my desk at work. So all of my witty burns and everything are just going to have to <laughs> have to put on the, the back burner this time. Um, but there was one song, I think it was Love. But the whole time there was someone, like, talking in the background of the song the whole time with, like, hey. ad-libs. Like, oh, yeah, man. Oh, Paul. I didn't oh, notice that at go. all. Really? Weird. Weird. Well, I was Mm-mm. I was walking around the neighborhood when I was listening to this the first time. Maybe someone was right behind me.
0: Was Migos talking? like accidentally playing in the background as well?
1: Skirt Skirt skir- skir- <laughs> <Simon. laughs> No, but like I, I I have to find my notebook and I'll like send out a tweet or something, but there's definitely a song where someone is like talking in the background the whole time. To Paul. It's very strange. But for the <laughs> most part, these songs are just like... They lacked energy. It really sounded like Paul Simon's finally getting old. Um, this is the man that got arrested three years ago with his wife for being drunk in Manhattan and causing chaos. And now it seems like he's just ready to disintegrate into dust.
0: He is 77.
1: Yeah, well, so is the president. What's, what else is new? Old people can do shit.
0: No, clearly what you're describing is that old people can't do shit because one is. Oh, mis- fuck, that is Trump.
1: what I'm saying. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> really, what you're saying is once they're seven, you just put them on an island and let them, you know, sort their shit out.
1: Uh, well,
2: mostly just Trump. I'm real ableist right now, or ageist, whichever one. You could be either one at
1: this moment. I'm not trying to be ageist, guys. I'm just saying that Donald Trump is old as fuck and he needs to quit slash, you know, stop breathing for the the next few years. And Paul Simon's getting it. He's on the same level. It's just those two. Not everyone in that age range. Fuck Trump. Um, right in his butt. Um,
0: it's a big butt oh, fuck.
1: But, but, right.
2: Wow, Alex. Wow. That's like... <laughs>
0: It's so like deep horizon shit. Anyway, go on.
1: But um, yeah, us. so overall, this this album was very disappointing. Um, the original recordings are better because he he's got much more life in him. It's a lot more vibrant. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Listen to this if you're a Paul Simon completist. Otherwise, you can just pass on it
0: it i liked this album but there was a big caveat to that um number I, part of it for me was just it was interesting because most paul simon albums are relatively upbeat and kind of you know fun and and the cork factor is usually cranked pretty goddamn high on a paul simon record um i mean we we all know the the age old classic can call me al uh, with his wild guitar synths, or um, the really weird song uh, "Christmas Day," which features a steamboat that's been highly manipulated—that's um, what I like. Oh, that song is great. Um, and "Stranger to Stranger" which just fe- featured a bunch of like odd percussion instruments this is effectively all how all the music was made. So he's just really good at making sort of quirky, weird sounding music. So then we come here to "Within the Blue Light," and it's very mellow. It's very tame. And it, you know, has like violins and oboes and uh, a French horn, perhaps. Um, and it's it's just it's very relaxed and uh, easygoing. Um, I liked it, but I didn't love it. There's far better Paul Simon records, uh, but it definitely has that uh, feeling of you know, is there going to be another one? Because maybe this maybe this is the end of it. I mean, he he has 77. He could still have you know 10, 20 years left. Who knows? But how long is he going to really want to put out records? And just the contrast of how upbeat his other stuff typically is um, versus how re- relaxed this was. Especially with that uh, last song, "Questions for the Angels" um, off 2011, "So Beautiful or So What." Uh, it it just had this sort of like, I'm fading into I'm fading into the to the next phase of my life kind of vibe to it which was which is very weird it's very sad because i've been a fan of paul simon for a long time uh simon and garfunkel was an amazing duo and he just kept making great records afterwards um but i i there was a lot to love about this record for me um i love the quirkiness of the song uh can't run but even though it's got such a weird verbal cadence to it um the song Pig Sheep and Wolves almost has a a relevance today cuz it's talking about how they 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 catch the wolf and accuse the wolf and kill the wolf even though they haven't proved the wolf did it and uh I think that's that's got some cultural relevance in in our uh in our day and age. Um the only song I really couldn't handle too much was Darling Lorraine. It at 7 minutes and 13 seconds. It's way too long and it's just it's got too much Paul Simon verbal quirkiness where he's just kind of like m- musing to himself. And I think there's a couple times where he's like, you know, this happened. And no, it didn't. I'm just kidding. Anyway, I put a blanket around your feet. Uh, and overall, I, I like Ryan said, if you're a Paul Simon fan, this should be something to check out. But otherwise, you're, you're far better off listening to There Goes Ryman Simon uh graceland which was not featured which was not uh represented on this album which was pretty surprising or uh heart and bones which are those are for me three of his strongest works so it's it's a weird possible capstone to his career that will that i think isn't if it this ends up being the last record i think it's fitting in a way based on its musical tone and sound but it would also be sort of a, a slightly lower note to go out on which would be a disappointment So don't die yet, Paul. You gotta make one more. Graceland 2.
2: Fuck. Alright, so it is now uh, your favorite guy in the podcast turn. Oh, Jesus.
1: <laughs> I just went, though.
2: <laughs> no, I just went. Ah! <laughs> Fuck both of you guys. My turn. A.K.A. the greatest. Okay, oh, so. First. <laughs> hey, I'm the yeah, one it. On every yeah. episode, so, uh, yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. You're the only one that tweets, too, as far as I'm concerned. I'm like, Ryan, do you tweet? Do you tweet on the page?
1: No, I forgot the password.
2: <laughs> and I mostly just
0: tweet angry shit at politicians. It's really very rarely Facts. constructive.
2: Facts. In my head, I'm like, I'm like, and I always tell myself I've said it. You be talking heavy shit. Heavy. I would be like, God damn, he... he he on the ass today. <laughs> Man, the yeah.
0: amount of times I've told Lindsey Graham to go fuck himself this week is pretty
1: high. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, I Just this week,
0: Lindsey Graham. Right. Wh- whatever your shit-ass intern is, he better be. He or she better be reading all those tweets I'm sending you. You fucking loser. D'Angelo, <laughs> <T>. <laughs> tell us about Paul Simon. You're, you let me ask this. You're not familiar with Paul Simon or Simon and Garfunkel, are even you? The
2: slightest. <laughs> Simon and the the, the Garfunks, That shit sounds mad familiar. And his name sounded familiar, wait, wait, but I couldn't wait, wait, wait. tell you.
0: Did you say Simon and the Garfunkel? The, and the Garfunkel?
2: No. Oh,
0: I swear you said <laughs> Simon and the Garfunkel. Anyway, go on. Sure. Sorry.
2: Go on. <laughs> okay. So, uh, as far again, as far as I'm concerned, I have no connection to this guy. No songs made any sense. I had no idea these were covers. Um, so now, so I just had songs that I enjoyed. Um, I really enjoyed the song "Love." Uh, just the vibe of it uh, just brought like positive energy to me. Uh, <laughs> how the heat? Uh, is it how the heat approaches what it year? I don't know. My notes are confusing as shit.
0: How the heart uh, approaches
2: but, what it yearns? Thank you. You can tell I was autocorrect like a mug. I, I really enjoyed the the sample instrumental. Uh, that shit was like amazing to me. The saxophone, I just sat there and just listened to that shit, like, two, three times. Like, I just really enjoyed uh, the sounds on that song. Uh, so that's definitely a song of mine. Pig, Sheep, and Wolves was funny as shit. Uh, it felt like it was, like, spoken word. But, like, <laughs> I was like, oh, right, my guy, this is how we moving around. I was like, it was such a, a twist from the other songs on the project. Uh, so I really, I really enjoyed. That was humorous to me. Um, and what is this? Uh, is there a song called "Folks' Lives Roll Easy"? Yeah. So like my notes combined. Okay, there I. That instrument you know, that was amazing as hell. So it definitely explains that he was from an older, older time in music, where they actually cared about live instrumentation. Um, but I, re- I really enjoyed that song too. Um, this project was it was it was solid for me. It's interesting hearing you guys say how it was like shitty, but for me, I was like, oh, I, as I was talking to Alex before uh, the podcast podcast actually started, this was like the you guys sent me like the easiest fucking music to listen to. I was like, oh, this shit easy as hell. I just throw this shit on in the background and just keep it moving. I can't wait to talk about this uh, Jeff Goldblum album, but uh, yeah, I, I recommend this uh, Paul Simon project. Uh he has he has some interesting songs on there. Again, uh my songs were Love, How the Heart Approaches and Um Folks Lives Roll Easy. If that's my you know. I did this shit in my phone, so my autocorrect is shitty. And I'm done.
0: I, I didn't say I mean I I wouldn't hate it. I didn't blah I didn't say I hated it and I definitely don't. It's just compared to some of his other work, it's it's uh it's very it's very different and not my favorite by any means. Um I'm glad you mentioned sort of the talky nature of pig, sheep, and wolves because that's sort of a Paul Simon trope where he just kind of muses to himself in a sort of talky kind of way where he's just like, hey, things are weird. Here's a dog. And uh, he kind of did that. And it's got this sort of New Orleans kind of uh, Bourbon Street jazz thing going in the background where he's just kind of like – mumbling along like an old man it's it's great there's there's good moments like that which which really suck you in but uh again it's just it's very different uh i'm reading though that apparently they did a a re-recording of sound of silence um I was. I'm really curious what that would have sounded like because that's one of my. That's a top song for me overall. Just a good song. <laughs>
1: it's probably very depressing, like oh. the original version. And every single time he performs it, he, Paul Simon hates that goddamn song.
2: <laughs> why would he? Why would he perform it then?
1: Uh, well, it was a popular song back in the '60s when he was like in his 20s. Now, like, every single concert he puts on, he has to play that same fucking song.
0: He's he's been playing it for, like, 50, 60 years. I think he's just done with it.
1: (laughs) I saw a concert, um, like, a concert on TV from, like, two years ago where they dragged Art Garfunkel's flesh on the stage <laughs> and they did Sound of Silence together and it was so depressing they both looked like they hated that goddamn song they hated each other
0: well that was about to say probably, probably part of the problem is that they really they don't like each other and every attempt to reunite has always turned into a disaster yeah. they tried so I many mean, times and every time, time they just like fucking shit on each other by the end of it
2: I don't understand why people do that to themselves.
0: Money? Yeah. Because they were probably offered stupid checks to do it, and, you know, Art Garfunkel hasn't done a whole lot of shit of anything since Simon and Garfunkel, so he kind of needs that, those sweet, sweet reunion checks.
1: Yep. I feel that. And And I'm sure he
0: gets...
1: I'm sure they cut him a check for all the Garfunkel and Oates concerts and merch (laughs) that that band sells. $20
0: You t- the $20 annually.
1: Listen, those ladies are talented. Oh,
0: well, they are. I just, you know. They make money. They have a special on our, Netflix.
1: Our
2: so either one of you guys are going to let each other talk. We are. No. Yes. What? No. What? No. <laughs> what? All right. Next album. Please. Yeah, go for it. All right, so uh, my project was uh, Roddy Rich, and the actual album title was uh, Feed the Streets 2. This is uh, his, his biggest project to date. Uh, he had a huge, well, he garnered a huge following around his new song, or newer song that came out earlier this year called Die Young. Uh, the, the song was championed by Meek Mill. Uh, shortly after his release from prison. So anything Meek Mill basically talked about got, like, super spotlighted. Um, so Roddy Rich is an artist from, I want to say he's from L.A.
0: He is. Oh, I say yeah. He's from,
2: yeah, he's from L.A. Uh, very new artist. Uh, Mainstream-wise, he's only been making music since, like, uh, I want to say late 2016, early 2017. And Die Young is his largest song to date. He got a lot of buzz for a song that he uh, started promoting later this year for Feed uh, the Streets 2 called Every Season. Uh, this single <coughs> was the second single off of Feed the Streets 2. What got this song a lot of hype was he rapped this song uh, a cappella with a ukulele playing in the background and a whole bunch of his homies behind him. And on a DJ Academics page it had like over you know, it like had like over a million views. Um, and I'm sure the guy who did the ukulele got a ridiculous amount amount of following after that. I randomly went as I was doing my research for this project, went to that video again and clicked on that guy's page. That ukulele guy placed that thing with like almost all the main street rappers. I was like this white guy in the ukulele in every video is in a is playing a ukulele with black people all up and down his fucking timeline. And I was like, what the fuck is this? He had songs with like uh shit, it was it was absolutely ridiculous. The latest one was the soldier boy over crank that. And I was like, what the fuck? He, fuck. he played his the ukulele yeah. over "Crank That." No, Soulja Boy a cappella rap "Crank That." Yes, recent as fuck, like this week. I rapped need, I need that this. Yeah, I will send it to you because yes. I, I still can't believe. Yes. I still can't believe this can happen. As soon as I'm done doing my piece, I will look it up and text it to you guys. Uh, so I don't know if you guys know this, but Soulja Boy is making a comeback. So I don't know if you guys know this. Uh, He has a new song that's kind of bubbling right now called Hit My Line. Please, um, hey, sir,
1: stay home, Mr. Soldier Boy.
2: <laughs> oh, no, s- s- the crazy thing is, like, as much as we talk about these mumble rappers, Soldier Boy is better than, like, 75% of them.
1: Oh, yeah, without a doubt, but he's still bad. <laughs>
2: I mean, Crank, that was
0: catchy as all get-up. That's, that's how Laurie, that, and to be fair, that's how Laurie and I initially bonded, is she made, like, sure everyone at the house we were living in knew the dance. No way. Yeah, way. Like, they, like the song had just kind of gotten big when we both moved to, when we both went to England, and she's like, you all need, don't, don't you all know the dance to the song? We're like, we have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. And she's like, oh, yeah, no, it's the video, they're in the empty pool, they're doing the dance, you haven't seen it? We're like, no, we have no idea what you're talking about. So she made us all learn the fucking dance. So, and I really didn't know it. I just knew the part where you, I just remember where you do the crank that part, and you just kind of like shimmy to the left or you shimmy to the right. That part I was really good at. You.
2: <laughs> Salute to soldier. Uh, soldier, <laughs> is to come back, uh, but that's not what I'm talking about today. Uh, so, Roddy Rich uh, is not signed to Dream Chasers, but if you're a fan of Roddy Rich, you hope that he does. Uh, the guy has some amazing energy. Um, his songs are... Pretty catchy. Um, I I don't want to say he's talking about a lot of shit. Uh, He's talking about, you know, your average rapper shit. But I love his like melodies slash raps that he's doing right now. I don't want to say he's necessarily uh, creating a new flow for himself, but his sound itself is pretty original. Uh, My brother tried to say he sounds like Little Dirk and I was like, boy, you crazy in the head. Than anything like that, to me, as a very original sound. Um, I don't know if, if you guys are fans of Meek Mill, but uh, uh, Championships uh, comes out at midnight, and Roddy Rich is on one of the songs. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about that shit. Meek Mill is definitely supporting this guy in his career. Um, I have way too many favorite songs on this project. Uh, every season is a clear standout. Uh, I enjoy Area Codes. I enjoy Down For Real. Uh, I Can't Express, Cream, Die Young, NASCAR goes crazy, Faces goes crazy. Uh, Roddy Rich is, is definitely my favorite underground rapper right now. If, if he's even still considered underground, uh, he's definitely bubbling. He definitely has some potential. And I look forward to seeing uh, where he goes. Alex, Ryan, go ahead.
0: <laughs> I guess I'll go. Um, Number one, Roddy Rich needs to correct his name because it's very hard to search for him when you don't realize that he's got two C's in his last name for no reason. Uh, <laughs> point one, if he really wanted to be edgy, he'd have triple C's in his name, but he doesn't, so it's just annoying. Anyway, moving on. Roddy, but the album itself, Feed the Streets 2. Um, I actually really, really like this. I, I got really frustrated at the beginning because intro is like a full-length song which is really deceptive to call it intro um that's not an intro that's just song one that's cheating mr roddy rich any but and that one felt pretty standard trappy affair but then the album started blossoming and there are always these little exper experimental ish tinges that kind of grab me i think it was on the song cream there's a moment where it's him, like the the beginning of the flow. It just like echoed over and over and over again. And so it sort of gets like really loud and chaotic, just for like a couple seconds. But there's all these little moments peppered throughout the album that kind of really hook me in, have me really engaged and really interested. And so that I think keep it um, unique enough and different enough from uh, from maybe some other of the the the, the SoundCloud lot uh side note Takashi 69 going to prison forever is fucking hilarious. But moving on. Um so I was surprised this guy was from LA. I swear to God he was from Milwaukee because he has a song called NASCAR that references Brett Favre and I'm like, this guy's from Milwaukee, <laughs> isn't he? And he's not. He's from LA. Um I also because apparently I'm an old man now, can can someone help me out uh because where where was the line? What about it? He mentions blue cheese in a song.
2: He's got blue cheese in the yeah. safe. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Blue sad cheese. money. <laughs> no blue. cheese is like like blue faces, like blue hundreds, like fresh hundred dollar bills. Oh. Blue faces. Yeah. I was
0: like, why is blue cheese being referenced in this song? And I first heard Hot it, wings, and I'm like, bro. and I what?
1: Hot wings. <laughs>
0: Uh, I was like, "This is really weird. Why? Why is he referencing blue cheese?" And I thought maybe he was talking about like eating a salad at some point, but no, he wasn't. It just, I guess, it, so I'm I'm not hip to all the lingo. Uh, uh, I really like the song "Die Young," except it kind of. The only thing that really threw me on it was that he's talking about this very, uh, I guess, criminal esque lifestyle that this that this <laughs> character he's narrating about and he goes why do they all die young i'm like I think you answered your question through the entirety of the song so it was a little silly um he loves mentioning that his uncle is in the federal prison uh <laughs> but overall I like I, I i'm jabbing at him but really i i liked the album i liked the project i thought there was a lot of creativity to it uh, i thought there' was a lot of interesting pieces and components um, so I would be very curious to see where he goes with it just cause he's got just enough little n- interesting little pieces glued into, weaved into the fabric of his music and weaved into the, the beats he's creating. I think his verbal flow is very competent. It sounds, it sounds like he actually knows what he's doing. He has some talent, which is a, is a, is a good sign. Um, I really like the song down below. I did like the song NASCAR, even though I'm giving it some shit for re- referencing Brett Favre in a <laughs> rap song. Um, <laughs> I think it was Can't Express or Error Codes was another one I really liked. I, I, I lost my notes as well, um, but it was really good. It was also really weird because I listened to this album and Carter 5 and World all in like a, a week span. And this one, <laughs> it's
2: very – definitely the best one.
0: Uh, that's a conversation for a different day. But this—it was so unique that he did so much with so little. Because most of the songs are very sparse and very airy, but he still does—he creates a large presence with, without a whole lot, which I thought was really good. So I would really recommend it. Uh, I liked it a lot. I really think he needs to spell check his name because I think he uh, ha- actually hit that C key one too many times or not one enough times. Uh. End. End of. End of review.
1: Ryan. Ryan, what you? Oh, oh, it's my turn. Oh, can can I talk my shit? Can't can talk my heard. shit. <laughs> Man, ahead. this album to quote Tangelo is just regular. <laughs> <laughs> this album, first off, hang on, hang on, let me get this shit up. It was one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. The first nine songs have the same samples. Nine songs. Same sample. Not until every season where he gets like a guitar, a ukulele, or whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> what the. Who is this person? Has this person never heard music before? Like, my guy, you can get like whatever you got samples from wherever we get samples from. I'm sure they have more to offer you than the same fucking shitty bass tones, the same fucking whatever that's called 808s or whatever sample he was using. Shit was regular. It was it was unimpressive. It was 35 minutes long. I was like, like I enjoyed certain songs. I thought NASCAR was great. NASCAR is an important American pastime, and it's about time that uh, the hip-hop community embraces it. Driving around in a circle is important. Dale Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt Jr., um, the guy that drives the state farm car, they're all American heroes, and the rap community is finally coming together to give them their due. So I'll give Roddy Rich that, or what's his name, Richie Rich? Richie Rich? (laughs) Rowdy Rich. <laughs> Rowdy, Rowdy, Rich. Rowdy, Rich. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, his his flow was fine. It's nothing I haven't heard before, you know, from a dozen other uh, artists. It, it, it was fine. He, um, I'm glad that um, you said the, the Meek Mill album comes out at midnight tonight? Yes, sir. Okay, I'm excited about that. I'd like to see where this guy goes. But right now, this is like... It's amateur hour. Feed the Streets 2? Sound like Feed the Streets 1. Oh, shit, Ryan. Oh, no. But, yeah, it was fine. If you guys like like this kind of style of rap, I'm sure you'll love it. I mean, it's good to, like, to crank when you're driving around rich white neighborhoods. Make people clutch their pearls. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's fine.
0: Make people clutch their pearls. Do people clutch their pearls these days? Is that
1: still a thing? <laughs> Whenever I'm around, they do.
0: Hashtag pearl clutching. I think he's just, I you know, I think he's got, a, hopefully, a decent future ahead of him, and I hope he doesn't end up, like, half of 2017 SoundCloud alumni and dead or in prison. That'd be a good thing. Because it's just, like... I, w- I was reading. Um, it was an article somewhere that was talking about how people who are signing SoundCloud rappers to labels need to do a much more careful job of vetting them to make sure you know they aren't really deeply embedded in a gang, or beating their pregnant girlfriend, or like a, a hot mess that's going to possibly be overdosed in the span of a short amount of time, because it's like they pull these artists up, and it's great, you know, small time person getting some uh acknowledgement but then it just melts down in sort of a really bizarre fashion i mean t'angelo you very brilliantly directed me to takashi 69's breakfast club interview which was embarrassing to be polite for him and (laughs) he may never produce another and he well he produced a single with what a uh not Nicki minaj um yes like, oh it was Nicki Minaj yeah yes, sir. and so he has like the, Nicki Minaj he has Kanye West on his album twice and he will never get to listen to it cause he's probably sitting in federal prison for 20 years unless they play it over I the know, fucking good phone
1: to begin with. I don't know why people took him seriously cause he's fucking Takashi 69 because
0: he trolled hard enough that people paid attention cause he looked like a horse's ass his album his yeah. first album or his EP was garbage not garbage garbage it was no good, and then little peep is dead. Y'all remember little peep? No. He made in peace. He
2: made like little emo rap songs. Yeah. He he had honestly like little peep had no no mainstream hits. Nothing, nothing. like this Like he was the underground rapper. That scene. like everybody behind the scenes seemed to fuck a little peep more than everybody in front of the shit. Like I'm like. Every, I like, I saw these like rest in peace, little peep chits and I was like, Who the fuck is little Peep? Like this guy has like two, three like underground records. Like I know the guy is dead and you shouldn't speak ill of the dead, but like he didn't do anything for the culture. He knew shit. Wait, was a he, like a he
1: was the white boy that a- overdosed?
2: Yeah, well one yes. of the
0: white boys that overdosed.
2: Didn't Mac Miller also I mean, overdose? Now Mac Miller. Now like for for how much they talk about Little Peep and uh, ex like oh yeah, than all of these guys. Nobody's fucking. Ariana Grande is making people care about Mac Miller more than like mainstream media. And like Mac Miller made more music. he literally has a more content, more of a library than any of these artists, and he's talked about the least. It confuses the shit out of me. Exit is about to have a fucking movie come out about him.
1: No, what? No, that's not true. It's a,
2: it's a, I, yes, it is. He has a fucking movie coming out about him.
1: Like a YouTube video? Like some... some no, like a
2: full-length, online. Feature, a full-length feature film. Like, I'm, I'm, like, baffled. I'm like, what the fuck did he do for the culture? My guy had, like, two, three songs. Two, three fucking songs. This guy did more in his passing than he did in his entire fucking life, man. Like it's it, again, rest in peace to to him. But like, this guy was an abuser. This guy, he was he was honestly pretty shitty. He was definitely making a turn for the better, but that does not mean you are a shitty person. You still shitty, bro. And what also confuses me, like bro, like bro got killed, had no fucking security. How the fuck are you that big with no fucking security? Bro, you got killed in your whip, your personal vehicle with no fucking security. This this is a constant reminder how these motherfucking rappers don't have no fucking money. No fucking money. You are too big with quotation marks to not have security, man. But that's a whole other fucking tangent, bro. And I'm off that shit, man. Oh, but no, Luke I, Mac- I
0: want this tangent. I really want this tangent.
2: <laughs> man, Mac Miller did more than all these motherfuckers, man. It gets no. Ariana Grande is why people still talk about Mac Miller. Like, that's it. And people talk about Mac Miller in regards to Ariana Grande because she dumped her current fiance over fucking Mac Miller. What the fuck? How are we not talking about his music? How are we not talking about his last project?
1: Like NPR's N- M- talking about his music.
2: Salute to NPR, man. Cause I know he did a tiny desk uh like right before he passed away and shit. Like this man was a true musical genius, bro. I can only imagine what he would content wise what he would create over the next few years. And this man is behind the productions for Schoolboy Q, um, Ab Soul, uh, Kendrick Lamar. Like, how the fuck do we not talk about this guy still? But Existation gets a fucking movie? Little Peep? Quavo said something in his album. And Little Peep's following made Quavo say something on wax about it. I was like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah,
2: that's fucked up. this up. And you guys got Quavo who was talking about his own guy that passed away. You guys were on his ass so bad that he had to fucking say something like, no, I wasn't talking about Little Peep. I was talking about my homie that passed away. Fuck, fuck Lil Peep. He didn't deserve Quavo giving his name a mention. Quavo <laughs> didn't say Lil Peep's name at all when he was fucking alive. But I got to say some shit about you now that you dead. Fuck Lil Peep. Fuck Exitcadacion. Ex- Rest in peace for Mac Miller. Oh, my God, man. I'm glad I got that out of my system.
0: Can I, can I ask, yeah, can ask you one more question before we before we move on? Because better be not able, be I'm, who's Mac I, Miller. Because I no no I I'm, I'm I have a vague familiarity and I won't embarrass myself. No I'm an I'm an old I I may be uh, out of touch with everything, but uh, I I do try my best to keep up. Um, T'Angelo, you may be able to ask, answer this question. What's wrong with Post Malone? <laughs> you just seem really adept at knowing what's wrong with people. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You mean that fat dude that sings sad songs and, and like, tries too hard?
0: And he's got, like, barbed wire tattooed on his forehead? I just, it's just another guy who looks like a horse's ass, and I think I heard, like, one song, and it was really unimpressive.
1: Oh, you mean the guy that looks like a dishwasher glove filled with baby shit? That guy?
0: (laughs) I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not familiar with the the visualization, but, you
1: know, sure. Alright, sorry, I'm done. Do you
2: really want me to answer that question? Or, 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 no, you know, I, you I mean, just... I will accept an answer to this question,
0: on air or off air.
2: Post Malone started out on some culture vulture show, with White Iverson, right? And it was like, okay, honestly, I heard this song before I saw what he looked like. And I was like, oh, shit, this song's kind of dope. And then I saw what he looked like, and I was like, oh, shit, another Miley Cyrus motherfucker. Gonna slide in, give him a little vibe, and then pop the fuck out. And that's exactly what the motherfucker tried to do. I've never seen someone try to do something. No, scratch that, because Miley Cyrus tried to do this shit. So he did White Iverson, put out a whole project with that kind of energy, then came out and said he wanted to do a country album. The culture fucking shunned his shit. (laughs) <laughs> like Charlemagne the God had him at the Breakfast Club, and he was like, "Okay, you know, you're a part of our culture and shit like that." He's like, "How do you feel about Black Lives Matter?" Fuck Charlemagne. is the goofiest motherfucker who does like the shit that needs to happen at the wrong fucking time. <laughs> he calls out, all these, he calls out all these white artists when they go to the Breakfast Club who are part of the culture, but don't do it. Give honestly, no shit about. The people that came up with the culture, they just like the sound and go with it. If you look at Post Malone in his younger years, he was making white as shit fucking music, and the shit was not popping at all. Not fuck no fucking buzz, none of that shit. He connected with um, Drug Addicts, which is a production company out of uh, excuse me, some producers out of L.A., um, and they produced White Iverson, and he fucking popped. No, it was the drugs. I think it was, I think, yeah, Acronym Drugs, the production company. I think Ty Dolla Sign was a part of that shit early on, too. But um, he popped with them. He tried to put out a project. It, it went crazy. Like, his numbers went stupid. He did really well. He had that really, he had that dope song with Quavo. Congratulations. Um, he was just doing really well. And then he fucked up with the country shit, went low for a little bit, came back with a whole bunch of fucking face tattoos, uh, came out with a song with 21 Savage, Rockstar, that, I think, broke Spotify records, broke Apple Music records, um, it did extremely fucking well, put 21 Savage in position. 21 Savage has always be decent, but, like, you, no one can deny that Rockstar was the reason why 21 Savage got on a lot of other, like, poppy records, um... Salute to Cardi B, he did a, you know, he did Cardi and Barty, and shit like that that are more like poppier records, that 21 Savage. If you listen to 21 Savage, you'd be like, how the fuck did they choose you to be on this shit? Um, but the song did really fucking well, and then Post Malone was back in the culture again, and then he started putting all these fucking face tattoos, because for some reason that is a part of the fucking rap culture right now, It's face tattoos. You have to be, if you do not have tats on your body, you are fucking unique as shit. Look at J. Cole, look at Kendrick Lamar. Like, damn near, if you're a lyricist, for whatever the fucking reason, you have no fucking tattoos. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's ever noticed this shit, but, like, like the lyricists, like, pure lyricists, if you want to call, like, hate out and J. Cole that, have, like, if they have tattoos, they're very minimal and they're not visible. Um, but all the other, like, trap artists, shit like that, have tattoos all over their fucking faces, piercings all over their fucking faces, and Post Malone fell into the fucking trap. This guy has fucking always tired on his fucking eyes. I mean, is like, that bad
0: as Lil Xan, who has a bunch of Zs tattooed on his face?
2: Let's not even talk about Lil Lil Xan is not a part of the culture. <laughs> <laughs> we can't, let's, oh my god, let's not even... Oh, my God. Fucking idiot, man. (laughs) This this guy went to the fucking hospital, had to go to rehab, came out and said, oh, I ate too many uh, Hot Cheetos. Mitch, shut the fuck up. Why are we still talking about you? Oh, my God. His album, Trash. I listened to, like, five songs. I was like, how the fuck did you get a record deal? How the fuck did you get a record deal? You are fucking trash. Lil Xan, you are shitty. You should have changed your name to Diego like you were supposed to. Little Xan is fucking stupid. I will never listen to your music ever again because you fucking promote drugs and all your shit. And uh, Lil Pump that bullshit too. But Lil Pump can actually make a record. But that's neither here nor there. But Post Malone is a goofy, but he makes amazing fucking music. Amazing. His last project, probably one of my favorite projects of the year, hands down. Excellent music. Fucking weirdo though. Excellent music though.
0: Hopefully that answered no, that was beautiful. I, I I want to I want more of that style of I want more of that thesis style presentation in my life. It was it was majestic. Um but uh let's move from the, the from the from the gutter to the the to the ivory tower. Uh Ryan, tell us about this record that you picked.
1: When you said Lil Pump, I'm like, wait, weren't you talking shit about Lil Pump? And then I Googled it, and it was a little peep. I said, oh, never mind. It was a little peep we are talking shit about. And then <laughs> nobody said anything, and he started talking about Jeff Goldblum, and now here we are. <laughs>
0: did, you, did you need to rewind the clock a hit there?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. because we're, we're good. So, man, everybody knows who <laughs> Jeff Goldblum is. He is the number one actor of all time since 1970-something when he got his career started. He's been in the biggest movies of all time. We're talking Independence Day. We're talking Jurassic Park. We're talking Earth Girls Are Easy. We're talking Invasion of the Body Snatchers. This dude is unstoppable. And then he went and he was in the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And he made so much money from that. And what does he do on in his spare time? Well, you might be thinking to yourself, oh, he probably like collects cars like Jay Leno or, man, he probably drinks coffee like Jerry Seinfeld or, man, he's probably just like hanging out in his home. Nope. This motherfucker, every time he is free, is in the club playing jazz music with all of his friends. This dude has been doing this shit for like 10 years wearing goofy-ass-looking shirts, like, with bananas on them, or his own face, or just, like, palm trees, or whatever. And this dude fucking crushes it. So, this album name is titled... something. Oh, Jeff Goldblum and the Mildred Snitzer Orchestra, the Capitol Studio Sessions, is the name of the album. And it's just a bunch of, uh standards, jazz standards that Jeff Goldblum and his talented musician friends have been playing like they just play and um, it's great when they're actually playing music and then every once in a while um, he like has some fun with the audience like he invited there's a couple tracks with Sarah Silverman on it where they're just like dicking around making dumb jokes and then they sing a, a cute little song together but like it's just a feel good album you wanna like it's it's got it's got great feelings. Um he tries his best to cover a couple of Nina Simone songs. Um and those are by far the the worst parts of the album, because people need to stop performing her songs trying to be like her. Um no one can top Nina Simone. She's the best performer of all time. But he tries. Jeff really tries and it's uh it was really cute. It's a, it a cute little try. But yeah, just just go get this goddamn album. How have you not listened to this album? It's number one jail's album for five, six weeks straight. Go listen to it. Goodbye. Really? Really what?
2: I didn't know it was a uh I didn't know it was top out top jazz album for five, six weeks straight. Hell yeah. It's impressive. Okay. Uh first off, my first thought <laughs> when I started listening to it, I was like, well, What was his role in this album? Was he on instrumentals and the artists? I he's, was like, he's Is
1: he just curating this
2: shit? Like he's I was piano. Like, Man, let me motherfucking talk. Yeah. Oh, sorry.
1: Sorry. I didn't know you're on a uh, story.
2: No, this was that that no, I was saying like that was my initial thought, like, where the fuck is he at? Like I don't hear him talking, none of that shit. I was like, "Is, is I was like, he's, "I'm thinking like on some Snoop Dogg with his gospel album, like he just curating the shit." You know what I mean? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> and then he did, and then he, and then this motherfucker started talking, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this is some comedy shit." I'm thinking like, "Oh, this is a comedy album." Then this motherfucker introduced that Sarah lady, which she's another comedian, she's a comedian, right? Yep. Yeah, she's and comedian. A Sarah lady is a comedian. Yeah, I think she got like a Netflix special, like. I want to say, like, early this year or late last year. Um, she's, I still got to watch it.
0: She's in Wreck-It Ralph. She's a she's a famous actress. She had a show on Comedy Central for a few
2: years. Really? Okay, I knew she was somebody. You know what I mean? And then so I'm like, oh, shit, this is a comedian. And these motherfuckers, oh, me and my shadow, these motherfuckers talking and singing. I said, what the fuck this is this? I said, I can do this shit somebody get behind me and start playing some jazz and let me start talking to this shit. <laughs> oh, 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 I can get famous too. This is some bullshit. Motherfucking celebrities capitalizing on this shit. This motherfuckers ain't doing nothing. I said, okay, all right, this, this, this was going on. And then I'm like, this is a motherfucking actor. Dude, now, and then I'm listening to you, Ron. I'm like, oh shit, this motherfucker really do jazz. So now I'm kind of impressed. And you know, I'm like, oh shit, he doing his thing. Five weeks? That shit, this shit. That ain't regular. I said salute to you, Tef Goldblum. You know what I mean? I, I I did like uh straight up and fly. And me and my shadow motivated me to say I can do this shit too. And that's what I got.
0: Wow. Uh <laughs> hold on, I, I got I got some news I need to read in here real quick. Um, oh, should, did uh oh shit the Trump die? Uh, no, apparently uh Ted Cruz requested to be on the guest list at a Nine Inch Nails concert?
1: Oh, yeah, and Trent Reznor told him to fuck off, because last time he was on the guest list at a Nine Inch Nails concert, he drank all the beer, then left.
0: There you go, Ted. So, yeah, all right, all right, all right, ready ready, ready, ready. So, Decker Record, I thought this was a blue note, uh... Studio release, but it turns out it's only Decca Records, which Blue Note is owned by. But I guess it doesn't go that far down the the pipeline here. Uh, um, so, so part of my thesis has been debunked, but that's okay. Most of my most of my argument here is going to still remain valid. Jeff Goldblum is a fantastic actor. Ryan is 100 percent correct. Who we a lot of people know him from The Fly or know him from Jurassic Park, depending on when you were born. So there always does seem to be a point. In life, where there is a pivotal Jeff Goldblum film to really, you know, hang your hat on, whether it's one of those two films, or heck, maybe the Grand Budapest Hotel, or maybe for newer, for the younger folk, it could be Thor Ragnarok, Ragnar- or um, you know, maybe if you're a hipster, it was The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Either way, Goldblum's unique quirks and eccentricities are forever loved and they seem to be getting loved more and more as he ages. This is a man who has leaned into his uh mid into his mid and post-mid life with grace, and joy and a suaveness that will never be topped by by any common man. All of this we are well aware of. I'm not citing anything new or rev- revolutionary. So, because jeff goldblum has hit some new immortal status until maybe it's revealed that he's also a creepy sex pervert i hope not jeff please not jeff no
1: it he's ma- not
0: it makes sense that that jeff goldblum who has been doing this side little music project for a couple of years as ryan's describing uh Decca records would be interested in putting on an album it makes sense on multiple levels number one uh jeff this isn't um uh what's his name's uh Jazz dare, Jazz Daredevil, uh, H. John Benjamin's Jazz Daredevil, which was released a few years ago, where he hired a jazz band, and H. John Benjamin doesn't know how to play the bia- the piano, but he tried anyway and just made a bunch of noise, and it was it was just total nonsense. No, Jeff is goal is good at the piano. He's decent at the piano, and so he's playing his gigs. It makes sense. Let's release an album with Jeff Goldblum. Number one, on face value, people are gonna go, Jeff Goldblum put out an album. People buy it. They're gonna buy it right off the bat, just because it's got his his charming silver fox face on that cover, wearing a ridiculous zoot suit riot style white white suit, um, and a bow tie. It just everything about it is just lines up perfectly. However, that's where things for me start to go off the start to fall apart is the Capitol studio sessions a good album yeah i think i would argue it's a good album but i also remember when i was in high school our orchestra teacher released an album of jazz covers and was that a good album too yeah but would I ever recommend that you listen to Mark Betcher's "A Look from the Other Side"? No, I wouldn't. And here, and this is where Jeff Goldblum's studio sessions falls apart. Is that every one of these songs is a jazz staple, a sort of a standard, a classic song? Uh, you have songs like uh, "Caravan," you have "G Baby," um, just the name the name two that are pretty pretty well known. Or "My Baby Just Cares for Me." Um, all of these songs can be found elsewhere, performed better by better musicians. Or even the original writers of the songs. And so when you ask me the question of why would you listen to this album outside of a really kind of bizarre back and forth banter between Jeff and Sarah Silverman, I don't have an answer for you. There's no reason to listen to this album. It's peculiar because am I enjoying it? Yes. But do I find, but is there a point to it? No. It's you. You make a make an iPod, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play mix with all these songs and with the with the original bands, the original artists, or better takes of them, and you're gonna be better off for it. So while I give Goldblum a lot of praise because he's a definitely a competent piano player, he's good, he's talented, and again his charm seeps through the record when he's laughing and jabbing with the audience, who I might add are blisteringly annoying. Specifically, a woman who whoops at every half-assed solo that might even occur, just needs to go whoop at everything. Um, Whoop! Exactly, bingo. (laughs) So while you have all those positive traits, I don't know why you would listen to this unless maybe you're a jazz novice and you just want to try something out. Um, So that's the one thing I can give credit for, is I'm going to assume that this album, as a jazz album, has probably sold more than any recent jazz album to date, because that is not a popular genre in this day and age, Um, so it again makes logical sense to release it and so hopefully it does turn some people on to jazz in general i mean i'm not expecting people to listen to this and then buy john coltrane's ascension but they might at least look at some of the staples and at least begin to appreciate some where some of this came from so is it a good album yes is it is there a point to this album no and so i can't recommend it money well, yes. The, the point is money, but is there a point to listen to it? No. And so that with that, I can't recommend the album because I don't know why I would listen to it a second time. Normally, I listen so, to all these albums multiple times, and I listen to one, so I went, I know most of these songs. I'm good. And okay, Sarah Silverman.
1: So would you rather his um – uh, his jazz album debut be like a a bebop or an avant garde style jazz jam with like fourteen tubas and him just doing his cackle I for mean, I, I would an hour would, and a half.
0: I mean, I would dig that, but that I'm I'm a very niche <laughs> audience for that. <laughs> uh, no, um, and again, I, I, it's so it's, it's hard to dog him because he put out a good record. It just you know then I'm like. Why would I not just listen to uh, Duke Ellington instead, or Mingus, or Coltrane, or Davis, or I mean, or any or any of those artists, or Park, or Charlie Parker, you know?
1: Yeah, but you know, I mean, you know who those people are. Like some people, some Dumbos would be, would be like, "Oh, Jeff Goldblum, that's cool." Like, "Oh, this is some this is some." Cool cat music, Daddy o <laughs>
0: <I> mean, <laughs> let me yeah. go
1: get hip to the jive. Who wrote all these songs? There's <laughs> one of my favorite
0: lines, just because it's so hackneyed from Mad Men. Is they're like, ha- they uh, Don Draper's hanging out with the the hippies in one scene, and they're like, "What do you want to do? We're gonna smoke hash and listen to Miles." And I'm like, "That's exactly what this record is."
1: Mm, yeah. So it's legal in California. Yeah. <laughs> Miles Davis is legal in California. Well, thank God for that.
0: So, I don't know. Thanks for making me listen to it, I guess.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. He's a goddamn national treasure.
0: I wish he would put out, like, original music. I think that it would be good to listen to.
1: Yeah, well,
0: without a I, I
1: wish the same thing for fucking Paul Simon, but I guess we can't all have what we want now, can we, Alex? You know,
0: I think after 13 albums, Ryan, he's allowed to reference himself. <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> Let's see Jeff Goldblum put on another 13 fucking albums now. Of original content. He doesn't
1: need to. He made fucking Independence Day. <laughs> he didn't make it. He was just he in didn't it. didn't make it. Right. Because without him, that really? movie would be a disaster. That
2: movie is a disaster. What? That movie's garbage. I
1: don't
2: know about all that.
0: Everyone thinks Independence Day is a good movie, and it's not. Rewatch it that is. movie. That is... It's, it's, no, it's not. It's Mr. Good movie, Mr. movie Snob, join my movie app, blah, de, blah, de, blah, blah. Cannot understand that Independence Day is hot trash.
1: It's first off, you got Judd Hirsch. Secondly, you got Will Smith And? and Jeff Goldblum as best friends. One's a pilot, the other one's a computer nerd. They're made for each other. Then you got the whole subplot of the stripper wife who was trekking across the country with the dog and the boy. That's that alone should be its own movie. Then you got Bill fucking Pullman giving an inspirational speech about blowing aliens out of the sky guys it's a great movie you should watch it every year for Independence Day
0: no you shouldn't it's a bad film and you should feel bad for enjoying it yeah hey, whatever Will you should go Will back S- Will Smith go back your alien... room marathon what do you marathon you just watch it once and you go oh, that was a satisfying
1: event yeah, whatever,
0: whatever Will Smith punches an alien and says, Welcome to Earth, motherfucker.
1: Yeah, no, he says welcome really? to Earth, period, and it's one of the greatest quotes of all time in any movie. No, it's I, not. I should I've seen almost every movie.
0: This upsets me.
1: D'Angelo, upsets... what have you been
0: listening to? Because I, I it's hard to disprove Ryan any further and I don't want to embarrass him, so let's get, let's get to that wrap up bit.
2: Bet it up. I will look at, let me, give me one moment. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, salute to my boy 6 9 ine Boy came out.
1: <laughs> wow.
2: As, as, as funny as, funny as 6 9 is, and I, and I hate his trolling and shit like that, the project was decent. I'm not even going to lie. The project was definitely decent. Um, That song that he has with Nicki Minaj, and uh, Kanye West is decent. That song that he has with Tory Lanez is solid. I really enjoyed that song. Tory Lanez went crazy. Uh, the Creed Two soundtrack, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, I I hate to say this, I was super disappointed in the new Anderson Pack project.
1: Uh oh. Oh, Yeah, I haven't listened to it uh, yet. Oh, tense. That's a fucking song.
2: Yeah, yeah, that that is a fucking song. But the project as a whole, I was not impressed. I was, I was really disappointed. Um, Trippy Red's new project, uh, I definitely recommend going and check that out right now. Um, it, it, I enjoyed that project a lot. Uh, Swiss Beats' new project, I recommend that project as well. The Metro Boomin project, trash. Fuck Metro, he done lost the touch. Metro is out of here, man. Uh, takeoff's project was decent. I'm looking forward to the Offset project um, um, at the end of the year. Um, Tory Lanes put out a fucking amazing-ass project. Uh, that's probably going to be my project uh, for the next podcast. Um, I liked one, two, three, four, five, six, seven songs out that project um, that I put on my workout playlist. I think the project is like Maybe like fourteen songs. Um, he just just quality throughout. Just a very quality project. Uh, if you if you like under underground rap, check out Lil Mosey. Um He's well known for his song Noticed, uh, but he came out with a uh, what's the name of this project? Um, I enjoyed it so much. I want to tell you guys the name of it. It's called North's Best. Excuse me, can't talk. North's Best. Um, again his name is Lil Mosey uh, excellent project and that's where I'll stop.
0: Uh, I listened to recently Um, they put out a third disc to the Beatles White Album which is sort of the demo versions the stripped down versions that were originally intended uh, if you're a Beatles fan I think it's definitely worth checking out and the way they reframed some of the songs or how they originally sounded before they were turned into heavier rock songs um, was was pretty surprising uh definitely a roughness to it Def- i mean these were not final takes by any means so there 's definitely some some missteps and some wrong strings plucked and some off time vocals but uh I think it 's just a real interesting window into what I find to be my favorite beatles album despite its enormity and its gluttony uh but it's it 's th- really worth a listen. Most of the songs are uh played there uh like I mentioned i uh listened to astral world uh actually just today I listened to astral world. By Travis Scott, which is the best Travis Scott project I've heard, but that that's one. Whoa, 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 whoa. wow. Well, it's between that and Birds in the Trap, which I thought was uh, an abomination. Um, So this, uh, but I'm not saying this is a great record. I'm saying that it sounds like two records had a car crash together, and they're like, oh shit, we got to get it to the studio. So they accidentally shuffled both of them together and dropped it off because there's sort of an interesting spacey psychedelic concept album going on and intercut our generic as fuck trap songs um, so you really have two 30 minute ish albums one is actually kind of interesting and I thought pretty uh, thought provoking and then the other one is uh, as T'Angelo says regular as all get up and the problem is is that the, the the quote regular songs keep uh mixing in with the interesting songs and it so it creates a very jarring experience where you're kind of on this weird psychedelic carousel ride and then it becomes boring really really boring. Um I also listened to a album by a group called Ooze from 2001 called Where the Field Never Ends. Uh it's sort of like ambient dub kind of music. Um It's a curious listen. Uh, Guys, you remember dub music? Uh, I know you all don't, but um, the songs are very long. They have this sprawling nature to them. I think if you are like, chilling and playing in the background, you would enjoy it. Otherwise, it's pretty forgettable, and I don't recommend it. Uh, From 2018, uh, this is my last one, uh, the band is called OCs, which has been gone by different names, such as The OCs, The OCs, so on and so on. Um, They released an album called Smote Reverser, which... If you are just really itching for a Mars Volta record because they've been broken up for 6 years, this is the album to buy. It is pretty unabashedly a rip-off of the Mars Volta, but they do a decent job <laughs> of it. So if you're like, "Man, I need some Omar Rodriguez-Lopez style guitar solos." He he like gets that guitar don- tone down to a T. It's it's a little um I I'm, I'm I'm waiting for the season to desist, but it's still a good record. Uh, the album art is quite impressive. It's it's corny D and D nonsense as all get up, but it's it's well drawn. Um, so those are my ones. I, speaking of album art, I wanted to apologize because I forgot to mention it. Uh, In the blue light, worst album art of 2018. Source say maybe. <laughs> Ryan, what's on, what's been on your hey, queue? Man, it's,
1: it's pretty bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, what have you been listening to?
1: So, in celebration of the new hit film Bohemian Rhapsody, I've been listening to a lot of Queen, and I've determined that their first five albums are the only good albums that they have made. I'm talking Queen One, Queen Two, Sheer Heart Attack, A Night at the Races, a day, at, a night at the opera, and a day at the races. Everything after that is hot trash.
0: They have one of those albums has a song about not doing suicide, and it's. A very bizarre song. the The tone of the song is very
1: weird for what the content is. Is it keep yourself alive?
0: No, there's one that's like suicide. In parentheses, don't do it.
1: Oh yeah, don't do it, guys. Freddie Mercury says, "Don't do it, don't do it." <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the only tone you need. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I've to that a lot. Um, as far as new music, uh, shit. I tried to listen to the new, oh, God, what are, what are they called? They're the folk guys from Scotland. They're not very good. Mumford & Sons? Mumford & Sons, yeah. they came with a new They're album, It's not good.
2: Alex, how did you know? Because the moment I he, he said, the moment he he said not very
0: good, I was like, I'm on board with whatever's happening now.
1: Yeah, Mumford <laughs> & Sons. They've made one good song with uh, Baba Mal, and that's it. And it's just like Paul Simon's best music is pretty much all, like, African musicians doing all the legwork. Um, It's the same thing with Mumford & Sons. I have to Um,
0: apologize. Uh, Don't don't try Suicide is from the game from 1979, which is still a decent album, but go on, go on. Sorry, sorry.
1: No, it's not. Everything after A Day at the Races is trash. Um, What else... What was it? Just, oh, yeah. Listen to Tints by Anderson Pack. Um, and just like T'Angelo said, this Oxnard is, it's not the best thing he's made. Um, so go back and listen to No Worries, which is his best project. Um, believe the one album that came out with this called Yes, Sir. Oh, that show was fire. Right? Fire. Fire. Like, they need to team up again. Man. Um, and then, oh, I listened to uh the new tenacious d album, and they they still got it. I believe it Those those two fat guys with guitars they're still still got that same sound of two fat guys with two guitars,
0: <laughs> beautiful.